Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 76 of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasig. I'm one of the co-founders here at OTM, and we are back for another edition of the Owners Club Strategy Show. With me, as always, we have the Herzig bot himself. Justin, how are we doing tonight? What's up? How's it going? Ready ready to talk some, some TOC here, talk some football. We've got Bach with us, whose microphone may or may not work, apparently, so we're about to find out. Bach. Can you hear me? Hey. We can hear. Yes, I figured out technology. It only took me like ten episodes. I thought we were uh, going to no. have a judge situation where we're just talking and you can't hear us, or you're talking and we can't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. At least, hey, do you have pants on? Uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> All righty, what's going on, gentlemen? We've got another fun show for you guys here tonight. We're going to review last week in the owners' club. Talk through some of the final standings, talk through some of the top scores and lowest scores at each position. And then we're going to mix up the format a little bit here. We've got the two new contests officially going live this week, the low ball and the Island of Misfit cards. We've got some bye weeks starting to hit. So we want to talk a, a little bit of just general strategy and how we should be thinking about things across all of the different comfort contests that you could possibly play. And then, of course, we've got our prize picks and thrive giveaways at the end of the show, along with prize picks parlay of the night for Thursday night football lots to cover but first I do want to mention the New York City meetup so the OTM team will be in New York for the NFT NYC conference on November 1st we're going to be hosting a little get together at Tap House 33 from six o'clock to nine o'clock sponsored by our friends over at prize picks so uh, we're going to have a little situation where we'll be hanging out, making some prize picks, plays. You'll be able to, if you place at least a $50 worth across all of your picks, then uh, I always, you know, always yeah, your prize picks. across all of your prize picks, you'll be able to get a free $25 drink ticket. So looking forward to that night, Justin, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, the place is legit. It's, uh, I mean, we're doing six to nine. We know that other people that are going to be in New York City for NFT NYC, there's some kind of a, some later parties going on afterwards. So we wanted to make this a bit more of a kind of a pregame, a happy hour. We'll have some food, um, you know, food on us and then drinks on prize picks. And uh, I think, yeah, it works out pretty well where because it's New York, you don't have any of those issues about, oh, I can't play in my home state because you can play in New York. So people who are visiting have the ability to kind of get that sign up we still have room for those two TOC cards. That's cool. And then anyone else, and this is new existing prize picks, anyone just make those kind of picks and hey, you'll get the drink card. And so if you haven't been to this place, it's one of those, I've never been to one with beer, but I've been to one with wine where across like the walls are different taps. And usually I've done it with like it's a wine thing, but here you get a card and you just go around and try whatever beers you want. And if you want to like basically make a ton of flights where you do a two ounce, whatever, the cards are you just swipe it based off how many beer you get for that. And that's where with the prize picks, we'll just give you a $25 card and just go have some fun and drink and stuff. But it should be a fun time. Going to have some giveaways, going to have some swag bags. Coop is, uh, has some fun ideas for uh, how we're going to give these away and such. And uh, may even get a, bit, a guest appearance or two. So pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm just super pumped to get to meet some of the community, right? Like you guys see us 
on on video every week and you know always with the the backwards hats on and everything but uh i, I mean i'm just excited to get to meet the community and see everyone and and you know get to talk to these people uh get to talk to you guys in person so i'm, I'm pumped for it and i have been to one of the places you described justin with beer and uh it's it's fun and dangerous so nice I'm, uh, I've been into sours recently, so I'm hoping to kind of use this as just get a, you know, get a couple ounces of a whole bunch of things. Um, it'll be fine. Good stuff. So yeah, if you are a member of the owners club discord, you, and a member of TOC, you will have the link to register. If not, it's going to be coming out later this week to folks in the OTM discord, also in our weekly newsletter. And then, uh, we'll be probably promoting it on Twitter next week so make sure if you're going to be around that you get on in there yeah backwards hat required for entry uh, we'll be checking checking hats at the door and, and for those uh, who I need my hair to grow back by got, then yeah. or else i'm going to be rocking no hat and then i won't be allowed in the own party it's okay though because a couple people who show up without one may leave with a new backwards hat and uh sergeant stogie actually has a deluxe gift bag on the way coming well not on the way we got to talk to him and figure yeah, out we got to we got to give a shout out in to the Sergeant process stogie, right commissioner how, how do you feel about sergeant stogie right now blue blew me away so sergeant stogie, sergeant stogie that we know of is the first person to collect an entire set from series one of the t you know the owners club so he has every card and uh props to him congratulations we are throwing him a deluxe gift bag uh deluxe swag bag that will ship him so uh you will have a backwards hat if you're joining us in new york sergeant stogie impressive work every every single card you gotta love that <laughs> i respect the the grind and the hustle the choices you have every saturday every sunday now well i guess saturday sunday depending on when you make your lineup yeah so overwhelming i wouldn't know <laughs> well you see what it results in is a third place finish in the main event so uh not only does sergeant stogie have a wealth of cars but seems to be putting them to, to pretty pretty good use so let's let's get into week five a little bit so we had the crazy crazy monday night game and we had live scoring for the owners <laughs> club which was fantastic after a couple of weeks of the scoring you know being a bit wonky a bit delayed Shout out SB Mitchell for doing whatever the heck he needed to do, but it was working pretty flawlessly all Sunday, Monday, and it was awesome to be able to sweat the Monday night game in real time. What a performance by Lamar Jackson and uh, also the Baltimore tight end card. Yeah, without a doubt. And I know a lot of the difficulty has been with our stat provider as well, but it seems like before week five, they made some changes with their own infrastructure to kind of help this. And, uh, you know, SV Mitchell was great to kind of adapt quickly and build it in. I think literally Sunday morning, we're still making updates. But uh, yeah, no, Monday night was a fun experience. Um, also, like we were on the show Monday night and I literally mentioned like it was a snooze of a game because with like five minutes left in the first half, nothing was happening. Jonathan Taylor had like a touchdown. Ravens basically did nothing. And then second half was just completely different. And uh, yeah, Lamar then put up one of the best games of his career. Um, very impressive. And obviously Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown both had two touchdowns, 100 plus yards. Like it was pretty crazy. Yeah, just a nuts game and awesome to see it like end up being in the winning lineup, right? Like you're watching it rise up the leaderboard, rise up the leaderboard, and then it goes to OT. And I, I wasn't actually, I mean, I guess we can we can almost calculate. I wasn't actually watching the leaderboard at that moment to know certainly the touchdown to get them to OT and then the touchdown in OT is what put them over. Um, so really crazy. Yeah, so for B. Fitzer, it was the touchdown to get into OT. So yeah, he basically had it, and then he, I think, had like a 
two-point lead going into overtime. So there was still actually a risk where, like, if Lamar had, like, a negative five-yard, negative 10-yard rush and a fumble, Joe Reds could have leaped back or any kind of late stat corrections. But if we go to the side hustle, that one went all the way to the wire. Um, If you look on the right-hand side, the difference between those first and second and a third and fourth is .06. And, uh, yeah, there was a kneel down by Justin Herbert that cost one one yard, which uh, is .1 for QBs. Like, that's literally the difference. And then, I mean, a lot of things, obviously, plays that came into it. But, uh, yeah, that really came down to the wire. Yeah, pretty uh, – I want to show this first. So, pretty – high scoring week across the board. I mean, so what we've got here, got the highest five of each position, lowest five of each position. Look at those quarterback scores. Two people with 50 plus is, I mean, we, we almost never see that. And then uh, and, and the the, Bay right behind it, Buffalo right behind it. Buffalo in fourth with 42 points seems a little bit outrageous. Yeah. Wild. It was and also then, an interesting week because of the Falcons tight end situation with the London game, which – you know, we, we've talked about how we thought the London games would, would have a big impact, and that was proven correct on the, the very first time through. But now, yeah, granted, we, we thought that might up. be the case because of the low ball contest when it's a game between Atlanta yeah, and exactly. New York Jets. Um, but for one position, actually, so it's interesting because look, if you look at the defense down here, you've got Atlanta with a one. So that played a bit. You got Atlanta wide receivers with an 8.5. So they were all over the low. The Jets, you've got QB at 8.98. You got tight end at 0.4. So if you had those cards to the low ball, basically we're in great shape by playing those. And then over on the high scoring, it was just that Atlanta, which was the number one tight end card up until the you know Mark Andrews blow up. Yeah. yeah. And just, I mean, we, we talked about it, but just a crazy scoring week. We had our three highest scoring QB scores were all this week our highest scoring tight end score this week, our highest scoring wide receiver score this week, like just a crazy week for scoring. And, um, and yeah, just, you touched on the London game. Like if you were watching in real time, you watching Kyle, Kyle Pitts go off, you're jumping into the marketplace, grabbing Atlanta. And I think almost everyone in our, on the leaderboard uh, was, was playing the Atlanta tight end because you were just locking in what to date had been the highest tight end score that we'd seen. Now, like you said, ended up getting passed, but, there's just so much benefit you get from watching Thursday night, watching this week. We've got the second and last London game of the season, watching those in real time. So much benefit. And you know, we'll talk in a minute about this week's London game, but it's another one that uh, could have a lot of a lot of uh, implications for all of our contests. Looks like we've got B. Fitzer, Brandon yep. Fitz in the chat here. Brandon, congrats. What a what an awesome Monday night. And we look forward to seeing you in Miami down the line. Hell yeah. That's going to be fun. Um, And then what is the, I I see this week's London game is a poop emoji. Um, (laughs) Who's playing. Do we know which game is this London? Yeah. It is uh, the dolphins and the, or excuse me, Miami and Jacksonville. Miami and Jacksonville. Okay. Um, That might be interesting. I don't know. I think the interesting thing there is that you probably aren't playing either of those in the low ball or the main without first seeing the game. Um, because like their both defenses have been pretty trash this year. Uh, you might actually see some sneaky points in there. So that's going to be an interesting one to, uh, maybe be able to capitalize on like one or two positions or something. And on the inverse, I'm sure one or two positions will also be then strong plays for the low ball. Uh, 
tomorrow night's game. TJ, you ready for this? Go birds. Go birds. Yeah, right. I, I, I may or may not head down to the tailgates tomorrow night, scope it out a bit. Still TBD on that, but yeah, I think that uh, I think the Tampa cards are going to be in high demand after this game if they aren't already. Uh, it's, it'd actually be interesting to look and see what what they're sitting like on the marketplace right now because they could. Uh, I mean, we see we see them all over the top scores every week, and I would not. I mean, the Eagles are just not very good. <laughs> And uh, it'll it'll be interesting because when you do play against Tampa, though, you have the ability for like a wide receiver or tight end card to go off. I don't know if Jalen Hurts can sustain it. I was thinking tight ends before, but Dallas Goddard is, I think, in the COVID protocol. So I don't think he's playing tomorrow night. So it's just going to be Zach Ertz. That puts a little dampener on getting that tight end card for the for, for Philly. Um yeah, we'll see. I've got. So I was doing some research in advance for our prize picks play later in the show, so uh, we'll dive a little mm-hmm. more into that game when we finish. There we go. All right, we have to touch on we our do. optimal lineup for last week. So I, I don't know. Hopefully, one of you guys has the points, and if not, you can add it up real quickly. But we had the Buffalo QB, Dallas running back, Buffalo wide receiver. So we had that stack there, and then we had, of course, the Kansas City tight end, and we had the the New England defense. So let's see. At a quick glance, I can see our Buffalo QB was in the top plays. Our Buffalo wide receiver was not. Dallas running back was number four. Kansas City tight end, nowhere to be found. And then uh, New England defense also nowhere to be found. So probably not great. Would we have cashed? I don't believe so. Um, Yeah, I think there were just way too much other higher scoring that we had. And like, so tight end, you know, was still fine. Kelsey still got a touchdown, like just didn't have any like large amount of yards and stuff. Um, yeah, New England, we thought was the smash spot and, uh, I didn't show up in the bottom there, but like, they were just getting it handed to them by Houston. Um, it's crazy how like one week changes where it was just a week or so before that they almost beat Tampa. And then next week, almost lose to Houston. I think almost lost. I think speaking they of, out. speaking yeah. of, Houston, they were down we, got, we got Houston quarterback as the, the most owned. So for those of you that did not see it. On the research tab now, you can actually look at the the ownership from last week. So in each of the contests, you can see, and we're working to get this integrated into the leaderboard as well, especially as we have more contests. But uh, this yeah, is like alpha, alpha, yeah, sixteen percent owned. Uh, but yeah, so the the numbers are there. It's obviously not super pretty right now, but uh, yeah. And Houston running back and Houston wide receiver and just like absolutely torpedoed the low ball lineups by Davis Mills looking like an NFL quarterback. Who could have guessed? Looks great out there. You know, and I was just going to say, you know, our lineup didn't cash. I think the other thing that uh, deck a little stacked against us when Atlanta tight end goes off like they do. And, you know, you need a huge performance to make up for it. Um, Most of the leaderboard that you saw was Atlanta tight end, which was, which was great, but. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, if we're if I'm if I've got those cards and I'm playing my old optimal, I can guarantee you that Joker is going to become a Atlanta tight end for that situation. Maybe I might have gone with the Baltimore. I was really between those oh, two, yeah. but like you know, I thought maybe we could beat that twenty nine, but uh, I probably we probably still would have gone Atlanta. 
Uh, but yeah, no, this ownership thing is awesome. Um, and as TJ said, like, yeah, our goal was by our goal, I mean, SB Mitchell, uh, was just to get this out as quickly as possible. So from a user interface and from a design, it's going to keep getting better, but, uh, just to get that data out there, be able to kind of toggle with it. I think it's, you know, it's really good from, uh, just research and, you know, as we get these more contests and more options, the strategy really comes into play. And I think it'll be good to learn and see like, Hey, how many people actually played Kansas City tight ends and the misfits versus the main event? And uh, maybe I can use that information to improve my decision making for the next week. And here we are. We've got the two new contests that are rolled out successfully in beta last week. So people were able to win some, some cards there for finishing in the top and participating in the test contest. Everything went super smoothly. And so here we are, Lowball and Island of Misfit cards will both be live. We expect the contest to go live sometime tomorrow prior to the night game. And uh, you can see the payout structure here. Lowball, exact same as the weekly side hustle with $10,000 in prizes. And then Island of Misfit cards, half of that, 5000 in prizes and a you know slightly tweaked payout structure, both of them paying the top 100 positions. So, uh, yeah, how are you guys thinking about kind of – now that there's all of these different contests, obviously low ball and main event side hustle, not going to be overlapped there because it requires different amounts of cards. But for Island of, of Misfit, it becomes a little bit interesting with some of the top tight end cards, some of the top defenses. So kind of what we wanted to do tonight is just talk through now that we have a multitude of contests, now that we have bye weeks coming into play. So this week, right, we've got four bye weeks. Falcons, yeah, first four bye weeks. Falcons, Saints, Jets, 49ers, all on a bye this week. And uh, so for those of that are asked, the bye week cards will not be available to play in the contest. But it would have been so easy just to put five buys and get zero points. If you somehow, know, yeah. Why do you hate fun? <laughs> and then someone asked if you play a defense that's on a buy, if, uh, if it would get 15 points for getting a shutout. And I was like, no, they don't play. They get because zero. I guess they didn't give up because they get, but the thing is, they don't play. They didn't give up zero <laughs> points. They just didn't. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't get do anything. Yeah. yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. So I'll kick it to uh, you guys. Uh, what are we? What are we thinking here? Yeah, it's at a high level because you even mentioned like you don't think there's actually overlap with the side hustle in main, but I think I disagree because when you look at the side hustle, what ends up actually winning those? It's usually the stacks or at least the high scoring of the very good cards. So I do think there are difficult decisions already being made between the main event and the side hustle. Uh, now I think we start looking at like, okay, where do these other difficult decisions come from? So I think Island of Misfit and Side Hustle, there's no overlap there. That's specifically why we added Island of Misfit because those, those tight end defenses weren't being played in the Side Hustle. Um, I think for me, it really just comes down to playing the marketplace and just thinking through like maybe even, I don't want to say a full week in advance, but early in the week, thinking through like, hey, do you have enough cards do you have the right cards to really uh focus on the right tournaments because i think for people who only own let's say 15 or 20 cards i don't think it makes sense to try to like hey enter all four tournaments every week i think it probably makes sense to kind of accept and say like hey with my 20 cards i'm only going i'm you know i may even just have a couple cards that are left over and i just throw into something it's whatever but focus still on building from your lineup and I think that's where with these buys, we're going to start seeing, and hey, we're close. We're hoping that that marketplace with the 
from a USD or from a fiat coming soon. But for the one, I mean, like, there's substantial value in the marketplace. And that's where I'd say the focus should be is like start early in the week thinking through what your constructions are and don't try to fit your cards so that you try to have one in every contest, but just think about which contest fits your cards for that week and go from there. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is you should never not have a card in play unless you've maxed out the entries, right? It was two weeks ago. We saw the Jets and the Falcons, Falcons running back and Jets wide receivers cards. Nobody would have ever played take down top 10 in the, the side hustle. And so um, I, I definitely think that you, know, you should always be putting all your cards in play. But Justin, I like the deliberateness of the strategy. I also think that there's ways to get ahead of the Thursday and this week, the London game. So many people are in the marketplace reacting to big games from those teams. But I can almost guarantee you there's going to be scores in both games that you're going to think are in consideration for cashing for one of our contests. Right. And so you can either try to figure that out on the fly or you can try to get ahead of that and say, you know, that the idea of like, what do I win when I hit and what do I lose when I miss? So I go by and, you know, one of everything and that. Some of those cards are pretty expensive. Some of those Tampa cards are pretty expensive right now. But I go buy one of everything. Maybe that's not like none of those none of those hit. And I have those cards still to hold on to and sell at a later date. But if one or two of them ends up being a really good score either to put into play or for low ball, which we have kind of in full this week, now I've got it and I have a decision I can make. Do I want to resell it or do I want to play it in my lineup? And so I think that that, your reaction in real time, you know, you're racing to the marketplace is good, but I think I would be looking to try to get ahead of that. And I would be looking at how can I try to make a call earlier on, you know, getting to what might happen and optimizing on that. Right. And here, let's use Top Shot as an example, because I know a lot of people here have familiarity with Top Shot. When we saw these Cool Cats challenges or various challenges, what happened is people bought ahead of time in speculation that news was going to come out and those cards were going to, those moments were going to substantially increase in value. Now, if you get, if you were at the very beginning, maybe you got in for $6. And then as people started buying, maybe that increased and it cost $9, $10. And if it actually came to fruition, what you thought was going to happen, you probably sell for $20. Now, if it doesn't happen, what happens is if you bought it at the very beginning at that five, six, well, afterwards, it probably is still around that five, six. The people who bought in for nine, okay, now they're risking and they probably would be able to sell for the five or six. So they're taking a small loss. But you're thinking about this as the opportunity cost. And with our marketplace, we haven't seen any of that large rush in advance of these Thursday night and London games. So to box point, I think you could buy Tampa cards and, you know, Box ideas buy one of each. I think my strategy would be a bit more of like, look at, let me actually focus on one position. <laughs> let me focus on one position. So I think that okay, I'm you know rather than I probably don't want to buy a tight end for Tampa this week because they have no Gronk. It's OJ Howard, Cameron Bray. Maybe you get a low ball, but no, I think wide receivers for this is it. So I'm going to buy five of those wide receivers, and now I've you know swept the floor. And if, as Box said, it doesn't come to fruition, it ends up being fairly relevant. Well, then, okay, I put them back on the marketplace. Maybe I end up losing 5 to 10% on a card. More, I know, I, The way that I see it, I think you could probably resell it for about the same as you bought it for. Um, but if it happens, as we saw with the Atlanta tight end, those were going for two, $300. And one of our friends, um, he texted me uh, Sunday and he was like, hey, 
what do I do here? Because I could sell these for 300 and then I could go buy another pack and still have some money left over, or I can put it in my main lineup. And uh, I think like his decision ended up being, he was like, hey, I th think this one lineup is really competitive. So I'm going to keep the Atlanta and the other two he went and sold. And I think there's that strategy aspect that is not being put into play yet where actually buying in advance of the Thursday or the London game coming up and saying, hey, if this hits their substantial upside, if it doesn't, understand there's maybe a little risk, but the risk is probably very negligible unless as a result of this or trends, we start seeing everyone else also doing this. And then you need to start reacting and saying, hey, this already increased 30%. Now my risk is substantially higher if this doesn't actually hit hard. Yeah, just taking a quick look at the marketplace. Cheapest Tampa QB sitting at 0 0.03, 108 bucks. So an example of that, if, if you were to buy that Tampa QB for $100, and then what was the next one is 134 So even if we ignore the aspect of, hey, if you buy that $108 one, the new floor is 135 maybe you're, you don't want to go that much higher, so you just buy that one. If Tampa doesn't have the best game, if they have a fine game, you're probably able to list that back for around that 0.03, maybe even 0.035 or something, and you're still the low ask, and it'll still eventually probably be purchased. And I think like, and you know, if it's not like this is things we can continue to learn in the marketplace, but I think that's the things that I would at least be trying to test out and see, hey, where can I actually get some form of edge through the marketplace and these pre-lock games? Yeah, and to your point, right? Tampa QB is gonna be valuable for the rest of the season. It's also one that's already expensive because people know that. And so this is one where, you're buying if it if it has a spike game, maybe it goes up a little. Tampa wide receivers, right? If you buy it, has a spike game, maybe it goes up a little for this week. I think that to me, I would probably target some of those other positions that are a little bit lower floor and where the floor can move more if they have a spike game because they're much more likely to be in an optimal lineup. And so I think, you know, for me this week, it's probably, you know, Tampa T is interesting because it, now has potential utility across both contests, but it's hard to imagine it being an optimal. But for me, like Philly, that's where I'm going to be looking at some of the Philly cards, the wide receiver cards. They get into a shootout. Tampa Bay has been deceived. Uh, the Philly quarterback cards, right? It's actually been one of the highest scoring cards at the quarterback position already this season. Um, and so I think, you know, I would be looking to, to get ahead somewhere there. Um, and and again, kind of projecting out what can I do uh, ahead of ahead of the games as opposed to just reacting in real time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to take this even a step further. Can we go to Miami, TJ? Let's go Miami quarterback. Uh, I, I love your idea, Bachman, because the risk now, because like yes, $100 the Tampa quarterback. Like there's a bit more risk here. Miami quarterback is $17. A two is coming back. If not this week, he's going to be back next week. You get the London game here and the possibility of, A, if there's actually a you know, great game or something, you have that upside. Um, the other thing I would start saying is maybe t tight end and defense is actually where you should be focusing on the pre-lock games because it's going to be very difficult for many teams to outscore your top scoring wide receivers, the Buffalo, the Dallas, the whoever we're throwing up there. I mean, maybe eventually Miami can when they've got the full health and stuff. But like, it's not going to happen often. But with tight end, because it's so much so flukier, and same with defense, it's so fluky. If you focus on those positions, 
all you need is from your tight end, you get, hey, one touchdown in a big game or two touchdowns. And now that has the potential just like the Atlanta. Like we're not going to see Atlanta wide receivers be the number one card probably the entire year, but we can with the tight end. And I think the same thing with the tight ends and defense. So thinking on the spot, like I think that's where I'd actually be focusing for these bad teams because what, if you go to tight end or defense here, TJ, the card's probably close to like what, $15. I think the floor right now is around like 13 well, to 15. The quarterback was just 17. So yeah. let's see. Tight ends more. Okay, I guess, well, I, guess I guess it makes sense because it's all relative. Yeah. Yeah, but let's go defense. Yeah. And uh, let's see what we're working with here. 19. Yeah. I mean, so I think that's where I'd probably be focusing here because let's say what Jacksonville, you get a pick six, you end up keeping them to like less than seven points. There's a legitimate chance this becomes the top card. And what's your risk? Where if it doesn't is okay, well, now you put it back in the marketplace and maybe you lose a couple dollars or something. I think that, that's how I'd be thinking about these uh, pre-locks. I like it, especially because with the tight end and defense, you you know you also have the opportunity to play them across any of the contests, right? The same strategy could go for the tight end. Okay, I'm picking up the this Miami tight end because I think it's going to have a big game, and they totally flop and get one. Then it's like, oh, now that's a great low ball play. So it kind of can almost go both ways, and just seems like the. Yeah, like you said, the floor is not – it's basically the, the same reason we say that you shouldn't have any cards listed going into one of these games. It's like before those games, if you're stockpiling a couple, it's probably a, a yeah. good strategy. I can almost – I can only imagine what the Herzig bot was, would be doing if he was able to play this and be just scooping every, every of these island games. It'd be interesting. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. So, anything else on uh, on that strategy? That was that was a good little good little tip. No, I like it. I like it. Um, I think we'll continue to monitor it because uh, we're definitely going to get you know start putting a lot of more, a little more analysis as well, um, like kind of where we see uh, the movement and stuff from sales. And obviously, we put out a tweet last time with the Atlanta just to see how ridiculous that price movement is. But I think this would then be another uh, kind of interesting. Um, Interesting thing for people to kind of just monitor is, hey, how much are the prices actually decreasing after the week? Because, yes, there is one seventeenth of utility for this season that decreases and such. And maybe over time, people are building into this Thursday or the pregame strategy. So they're buying ahead of time and that increases. But these are all things that, hey, if you're following this strategy, you're not doing it blindly, but you're taking into account those other things. And we learn and we adapt. All right. Yeah, the, the one other yeah. strategy aspect I just want to talk about. So we talked a little bit about this is the first bye week of the season. Four teams on bye, not teams that people were likely going to be targeting a ton of in the main contests. Probably some low ball options that people are losing out on. But you know, again, if I'm trying to be forward thinking, if I'm trying to get ahead of you know ahead of the market, looking at next week, you have a, six teams on bye, which is the most that we'll have all season. You also have three of the top, I don't know what the actual number is, call it six or seven scoring quarterbacks so far this year. I think it might be a little bit uh, a little bit lower than that. Uh, but you've got three or three of the top six or seven you know weekly projected quarterbacks with uh, with Los Angeles, Thunderbolts, Dallas, and Buffalo all on by. And then you know, uh, again, some other really strong position groups. Like I would be thinking you know a lot about, 
hey, what's that second tier next week? Because, you you know, we normally have the tiers. I give Justin a hard time. I'm sure I'll continue to about how he just picks the same three teams for every position every week when we do our picks. Um, but that second tier is the thing that generally moves, that tier that's less likely to hit but but can put up that score in that week because of the matchup, because of the game environment. And that next week is really the thing that I think is going to change. you still got KC. You've still got Arizona. You know, you've still got a couple Philly. You've still got a couple of those top scoring teams, Tampa Bay next week, but you don't have that second tier. And so different teams are moving up into that second tier. And that's the other thing I would be getting ahead of strategy wise this week, seeing it now and thinking, Hey, while everyone's focusing on building their lineups this week, how do I get ahead of that big bye week next week, especially at the quarterback and wide receiver position? Makes a lot of sense. All right. So as we head into this week, we are not going to do a full position by position breakdown. But before we get into our, we're still going to give our optimal lineup, of course. Before we do that, any kind of high level thoughts on the the slate of games this week across positions, team kind of general strategy wise, maybe some of the, I mean, and part of the reason why we wanted to change the format is that like Bach just said, it, it's, it's a lot of the same picks over and over. I think everyone knows by now that you're going to want to play the Kansas city quarterback and the Buffalo quarterback and the Tampa Bay quarterback, et cetera. But uh, any, anything that kind of sticks out to you guys this week before we just jump into the picks. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because while the projections and what we be- expect not expect to happen, but what we believe is the most likely outcome, it doesn't really change that much. It probably wavers between a couple of those quarterbacks, but Buffalo, Kansas City seem to be always be near the top. And, you know, it makes sense. They're all projected from a Vegas wise and those points, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean that those are the ones who actually finish at the top. Oh, yeah. And I think that's where like this all becomes really interesting. So like even and why we have never won or I think finished higher. What was the highest we finished? 25 maybe? Yeah, 30? somewhere in that 25. Yeah, we're like two. Two out of three, or two and three cashing. We've not cashed. Right. Yeah. And and I think that shows that, like, hey, you can be Sergeant Stogie and have every card in the deck, um, but, like, you still need Sergeant Stogie's skill to finish third because we couldn't even do that. So so well done on that, Sergeant Stogie. But, um, no, I mean, like, in general. So, like, I think that's where the strategy elements do come into play, and there is value when we start looking at this ownership aspects of, like, maybe there's ways to get contrarian um, and start trying to find some ways where – when that Buffalo Kansas city doesn't become like the top one, how can you find? Cause I don't know if you have the ownership still up TJ, um, but it'd be interesting to see um, like the QBs, the Baltimore and the uh, LA Thunder horses. What were they owned last week compared to Buffalo and Kansas city? So let's go main event. So Buffalo, Arizona, Kansas city at the very top. Baltimore is then, I mean, what, 5.7 to 9.5? So that's two over. I mean, you're, you're looking at like 30% lower um, there. And then Los Angeles, AFC down here is at 4.51, less than half of Buffalo. And so those are the kind of things in DFS where it's like there's value to being contrarian because when that Los Angeles Thunder Horses does go off, you have fewer people that also play them. So you have less competition of the rest of your cards that you have to get perfectly right. If Buffalo does go off and that becomes like the the optimal play, well, now there's twice as many people that you have to beat with your other cards. And that's where it becomes a bit more difficult. And uh, so that's where I think this ownership um, 
is really like, yeah, it's not just a cool stats. Like it's actually useful for building roster construction. Um, and like side hustle, you only have 2.28 plate Buffalo. So like if, if Buffalo does go off, maybe it makes sense to kind of move that. Like, look at that of all of these top 10, there's virtually the, the smallest in Buffalo for the side hustle. I'm not sure why that is, but it's interesting. That is interesting. And yeah, and you can kind of see, right. It makes sense. It's on, for some reason, the Buffalo is more weighted towards because right. The bottom line is that there's a finite number of each of these cards. And so unlike traditional DFS, you can never, Buffalo can never be 30% owned. It's legitimately just not possible. So a, everything's a little bit contrarian. There's no like mega chalk like there is in DFS, but yeah, this distribution it's pretty interesting, especially when you consider, okay, if there's only 2.28% of Buffalo QBs in the side hustle, how many of those people are pairing that Buffalo QB with a Buffalo wide receiver? And then I feel like by even differentiating there, especially when it's someone like Josh Allen that can run some in and he's got tight ends that are scoring touchdowns this year, like it becomes an even sharper move, I think, unless you have the low serial combination to play Buffalo quarterback in a side hustle with an Arizona wide receiver or Tampa Bay wide receiver, whatever you, you choose. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, this is, there's, there's a lot of reasons, but this is one of the reasons where like, obviously we don't play, but like if you had this data and you knew this was going to be the case for this week, you, it strategically makes sense to not put Buffalo in the main event, but instead to have put it in the side hustle. Now, obviously we didn't know that. And my guess is there's a, you know, <laughs> the 50 or so people watching the show and stuff. And then the, however many people, maybe that's got like, you know, find this, maybe it changes a little next week, but I doubt it. I think this is going to be pretty similar next week. And we'll monitor. We'll specifically make a note TJ to see what the Buffalo is next week for the main event inside hustle and see kind of, if that is an edge that can be kind of continue to be leveraged. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all right. Like, you know, people want to play the best place and that I can understand that, but it's all about, what do you what do you have to get right when you get the Buffalo QB right versus what do you have to get right when you get the other stuff right? Absolutely. All right, we're gonna jump into the, the optimal lineup here quickly. We'll we'll run through each play and just kind of talk about what we like about each one. We'll try to do it relatively quick, but first we've got speaking of, we've got the Buffalo quarterback. So we did we really just sit here and say uh, play Buffalo in side hustle, but then. Uh, also in the optimal lineup. Just basically you need to own multiple Buffalo quarterbacks. But, but by the, no, but by that logic, the optimal lineup technically isn't what we would play. It's what we believe is going to be the highest scoring. It right. makes sense that that's why it's also the chalkiest. And like here, I mean, as we'll, we'll skip one real quick, but we went with the stack with the QB and the wide receivers for Buffalo. And um, trying to think, I know they're the, they're the second highest total. Um Playing against Tennessee, Tennessee, yeah, that which could definitely be a shootout style game. Um, Tennessee defense is never been scary. Yeah, we, we don't need to spend too much time on this. Let's just flip through and you'll see. But uh, it, it's a lot of the names that we're familiar with that we know. Um, but yeah, Dallas running back, Dallas going against New England. Um, you know. Actually, they're only three and a half point favorites. are pretty interesting. It is on the road at New England. The Dallas running backs have just been like they, they've moved into the Cleveland uh, territory with the two headed two headed beast that is just putting up bad points. Yeah, yeah, you really see the value of the two headed monsters at Cleveland. We th there was a for 
I, I didn't notice it, but there was an error on the, someone pointed out in chat. But on the top place, Cleveland was the top scoring running back again, is basically what I was going to say. They've been the top scoring running back a lot of the weeks. Buffalo wide receiver, as Justin already said, making sure that we get that quarterback wide receiver stack. Tight end, you know, just just like we said, this slide comes preloaded with the Kansas City tight end in there. But I'm seeing people saying Travis Kelsey might be out. I, I saw I saw someone say Kelsey out. Question mark. I don't know if that's I think re- people that are, real. As of right now, we're not expecting him to be out. But obviously, I would keep a close eye on this. If he is out, then the Kansas City tight end basically be- comes off the board, and the wide receivers become a great play. They are out Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They're out Kelsey. They're going to have to throw the ball to the wide receivers. And, like, you know you're going to slant coverage to them, but they're playing Washington, and Washington hasn't been able to cover anybody this year. So, yeah, I mean, with Kelsey with Kelsey healthy, it always makes it a tough choice between Kansas City wide receiver, Kansas City tight end. If Kelsey is out, and we're recording this thir- Wednesday night, so, like, we clearly don't know. But if Kelsey is out, uh, the Kansas City wide receivers become a, a smash play this week. And yeah, Kelsey, I'm not saying I think his chat was not, not a people chat are saying they're not. I think he's fine. Report. Yeah, fine. fake news. Fake news. <sighs> I still like the thought process, Bach, for the record. And then we've got the LA the goats. Defense. The goats. Yeah. I love and, Justin's uh, unique. We need we need to publish your unique name. I mean, Thunder Horses is, is fantastic. That's not that is not my credit. That is uh Oh, I want to say one of our European listeners who uh, was actually on Team Huddle and uh, was going through, and they basically asked him. Well, so A, he's the one who won the Twitter contest where he gave the two, like, hey, I don't know football, but something like the uh, New Orleans was. Uh, <laughs> the Black Popes. The, the Black Popes. And then, yeah, the Big Cheese was one. And yeah, he's the, he, he gets credit for Thunder Horses, too. Um, but yeah, so Los Angeles is playing against Giants, 10-point favorite. Uh, Giants are only projected to score 19. I think if Daniel Jones plays, um, then we probably are a little more scared of this because I think New York could actually put up some points there. Um, but if Daniel Jones is still out because of the concussion, then yeah, that's going to be an ugly game, and LA is just going to destroy their front line. Should be a fun week. Hopefully we can cash in the optimal lineup, get ourselves back to a 50% cash rate i'm sure cameron Brate's gonna cameron Brate's gonna have two touchdowns and then everyone's gonna get a free tight end square like yeah your bucks your bucks all right let's get to the fun stuff here we got some giveaways we got some some prize picks parlays to make where do we want to start here justin all right let's start with the prize picks parlay and then we'll go to the prize picks wheel okay remember everyone if you have not already Definitely go on over, check out prizepicks.com, sign up with promo code TOC. We still have our fantastic offer going where if you deposit, well, first of all, any deposit up to $100, 100% cash back. And then if you deposit $100 or more, you will also get two free TOC cards, courtesy of our partners over at PrizePix. So make sure you check them out. We'll be a uh, can't wait to I, I'm itching because I'm in PA, so I, I'm not eligible to play, but I'm definitely going to be firing that Monday night football game, loading up the account, ready to go. It's going to be a good time. Definitely okay. check out prize picks if you have not already. That's going to be good. That's going to be good. What I, game is that? New York Giants versus 
Arizona, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. 100% New York Giants, 5% confidence in the other. Okay. Chiefs? No. Is it? That's what Producer Coop just said. Oh, yes, the Chiefs Ooh, at okay. Kansas City. That'll be fun, at least. That will be fun. Yeah. Thank you, Producer Coop. Okay. Um, so for prize picks, so obviously I start off, go to establish the run. I take a look at their projections versus the prize picks for this game. I think big thing that jumps out at me is the line for the Tampa passing is only 301. Here we have a mean of 330. We know that they've been passing a ton. Uh, they just don't have that much desire to really run the ball. Um, so I think it makes sense to kind of go with a, hey, let's go with the over for uh, Tom Brady and then see what we can stack with. Uh, from a percentage difference, it loves OJ Howard. So line's only 10 and a half. I took a look at the game log for OJ Howard recently. Um, 21, 11, 0, 19. The zero I want to throw out because that game was just extremely wonky and Gronk played majority of it. Here was the first game that there was no Gronk and you see that actually. Gronk, hey, was, out. Howard. Gronk was out for New England. He was? Okay. Yeah, but still, that was Definitely. the monsoon. Okay. okay, so just, yeah. Uh, but then more recently, so you see he's actually increasing his role, um, but Establish the run, absolutely loves him. Projection of 24 versus the line. So that's probably one of the highest percentage differences for something more than just like a one or two difference that we've seen. And then Evans is the next one where projected for 66, or line is 66, projection 76. You take a look at what he's done this year. Other than the first game, he's had 75, 106, 75, 113. Uh, I think that feels like a pretty strong one as well. Uh, so what I kind of am aiming towards is, hey, stack those three, and then we need something from Philly, and this is where I need your guys' help because nothing really jumped out at me. I've got some ideas, but from a projection-wise... Any Hurts like, stuff that we can like? I mean, I feel like Hurts is the, the only player on the team that I feel somewhat confident yeah, so in, but I assume that his stuff is probably juiced up. Is it, so Hurts is at 44.5. The projection is actually a little My lower. Bad. I, said, I said Hurts. Or like Jalen. Oh, Jalen. Sorry. Okay. Cause I was thinking Ertz because there's no Dallas Goddard. So Ertz, Ertz is probably also someone that I would consider. Uh, but here they actually are. So I don't know. They think that it's actually going to be projections a little lower. So that didn't jump out to me. Miles Sanders rushing, they think is off. But if we're saying that Tam's going to throw a bunch, I don't think we want the Miles That's Sanders rushing. Strength. Here's the one that kind of jumped out at me. Gainwell. Gainwell. So what we've seen is that when Philly is behind, Miles Sanders kind of just rides the bench and they really start using Gainwell. So I took a look here and the games that they lost, you've got Gainwell with eight targets, 58 yards, four targets, 32. And then earlier on, it was three, three and short at small yardage. Carolina, they won in that close game and he didn't do as much. So if we expect Tampa to have success in the air and kind of win this game, I think grabbing that gain well for what was it, 24, 23 and a half could be a decent correlation play. I like yeah. it. Gainwell's been pretty, pretty solid. I mean, you know, team watch the watch the tape when I'm watching my Eagles. He's one of the people that does jump off the screen a little bit. He's got some some good quickness. It's like we love these, the you know, the Darren Sproles recyclables. <laughs> we just we had Smallwood, now we got Gainwell. It's uh yeah. I mean it's just Boston a role that you need to Scott, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think I also like making bets on rookies. You know, as we start going a little more into the middle of the season for their rookie year, because you think like, hey, their their role may increase, have a little more comfort. So if I throw in, I'm looking over here. I got the Howard. Let me see. I'll throw in the game. Well, 
So I think these are the four that we're looking at. And obviously, Bachman, what are we doing? Uh, overs. Over. 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 It's actually pretty – like when you ask me my opinion, it doesn't even cross my mind to pick an under. That's just, <laughs> I know that has to be a, a major leak. But I'm just like only thinking about people that I think it's like the DFS brain kicking in though. You're only thinking about people that are are gonna do do well. Maybe now that we have low ball and TOC, the low ball brain will start to pick in and people will just be happy to fire under because you'll get a better feel for who's just terrible. Yeah, there's two things that come into play. So one is, and I've talked to Leone about this, this is a mean projection. Mean projection. You actually, if you're doing kind of parlay, if you're doing like props, you want to be using a median projection. And what I mean by that is let's use Deshaun Jackson as an example. Deshaun Jackson in most games is going to have like what, maybe 70 yards or 20 yards because it depends on whether or not he gets that one deep ball. If he has two games where it's a 70 and a 20, or let's say three games and he goes 70, 20, 20, that's 110 divided by three. So we're looking at what, like 36, 37 yards per game. Um, so his mean is that 37, but if you're trying to figure out what the prop is, it should actually probably be more like 25, 30 or something, because more often than not, it's actually going to be a lower amount of yards. The question is whether or not he just hits that high one. So in these situations, it makes sense why these means are higher than the actual line. So that does need to be taken into account and does make us want to kind of bet those overs. Um, but I also feel that there's a correlation play where it's easier to kind of get a game script in your head for what you think is going to happen um, when you're thinking about it from like, a, okay, these wide receivers, this quarterback goes off and this person's also going to go off and so forth. So are we yeah. jamming four people here? I think we jam four. You got to go cheer hard at that game, TJ, for the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What the hell, guys? Come on. This is not – This is not. we should have went with the Eagles. Favorite. All right, scrap it. We're deleting all of them. We're going to hammer Eagles over. Come on, people. Uh, if you guys want the real the real takes, maybe I'll uh, jump into the Discord tomorrow and just fire some some nonsense Eagles overs. Not financial advice, of course. There we go. So there, there's our play: the overs with the Brady, the double stack with Gamewell bring back. Um, yeah, I had a I had a fun little fun little college football one. They had a a parlay thing. Justin, where you was- can't put our partners out of business. What are you doing? <laughs> Jesus, come they on. Had a fun- Parlay where it was like, hey, if you do a fiver and you uh, hit, instead of getting 10x, you'll actually get 20x. So I was like, all right, let's do it. I don't know that much about college football. I stack my Wake Forest game. I hit all those. And then the QB ends up not playing. So it turns into a four by four. And I lose out of the 20x and get a 5x. But we'll still take the cash. It'll fund, uh, fund, fund a little more, a couple more of our parlays for the season. Wait, so you could have bet 100, you could have put 100 to win 2k? That, that was the special because usually if you do a five, it's bet a hundred to win a thousand. But they were like, "Hey, for this, it's a tw- it's a twenty x." So I was like, "All right, let's do it." I don't know that much, but I know uh, I, I just went with the game script aspect. I was like, "Okay, if Wake Forest ends up being a shootout, this this happens, this happens." And, yeah. and I think that's the if you're doing this on a single game like we are, game script is the way to go. And agree, it's easier to game script overs if you're trying to pick one or two from each one unders I'm probably like one from each game, like the best edge I'm probably going unders, but single game game script, absolutely overs are easier and more fun. Like if you're watching that game, you're rooting for the over. Exactly. And All we're right. going to be what watching the a- New York Giants, Kansas city chiefs. Let's go Monday night. Can't wait. 
let's get some wheel going. So let's first off, we have 33 people who won uh, who won a parlay. That was at least a three out of three in the past week. So those 33 qualify for potential to win the parlay of the week. Thank also, you. congrats on already winning something. Yeah, wow. Seriously, I know. We'll get to Thrive, but there was someone who won a Thrive contest, and he was like, do I get more? I was like, you already won a contest. Like, congrats. You got my jealousy. Fantastic. Ooh, 34 entries. Okay, 34 entries on the wheel. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Thank you, producer Coop. Let's spin that wheel. Good luck. Also, Good luck. While the wheel's spinning, hit that like button. Yeah, hit the like button. There it is. You can't win. 22 likes. Come on, people. We Glitter stop. Bomber. Glitter Bomber 88. Congratulations. Congrats. All right. Love to see it. TOC card coming your way, Glitter Bomber. If you're watching this, send me a DM. Otherwise, tomorrow I will try to remember to shoot you one. Justin, I think we've got the person that, that won Thrive and uh, <laughs> asked for more. I mean, you won. Congrats. <laughs> He's like, I understand. It's okay. Um, okay. What do you notice about this wheel, guys? Not a lot of names on it. Pretty good odds. And uh, I did not do that well in this Thrive contest. I finished, uh, I think, like in the 45th percentile on like the bottom half side. I don't know. Um uh, but yeah, so just as a reminder for how you can get on this wheel for a card is enter the $20 50K guaranteed tournament at Thrive Fantasy. Um, there is almost always overlay for that contest. It's basically getting a chance at like, hey, free money there. Uh, I love the aspects that it is rather than picking, you know, uh, over unders against the actual like sports book. You're going against other people. So I feel that like I'm not dumber than everyone else. <laughs> Um, I may not be better at this, but like, I, you know, Hey, makes sense that I finished 50%, um, over time though, I'm hoping to get better. Uh, but I like it. And yeah, all you got to do is you got to beat me. So for this one, finish in the top 911 out of 1700. Cause I think I was 912 and, uh, eight people did that. And now they have a one eight chance at winning a TOC card. Let's do it. So we'll do that each week. Uh, check out the thrive, um, the thrive fantasy channel and I'll post the contest but otherwise you'll see it it's just the 20 dollars main one and uh yeah there are also um if you are new to thrive or you have not joined yet uh there are always new promos kind of in our channel so use toc and i think right now you'll get two free contest tickets for this weekend um but check out the thrive channel and you'll see um what those specifics are i think his name is spizik uh spizik is his discord name and he's from thrive fantasy always thrown out and he threw out four tickets to the la Cleveland game last week, Sunday morning, as just a flash giveaway. That was awesome. Love it. To one Love of it. our TOC members. Yes. Yeah. And basically, he was just like, hey, first person to follows $100 gets four tickets to the LA Cleveland game. Go, go, go. And uh, I think it was Jay War got the opportunity to go. And that stadium looked sick. I need to make it at stadium sometime. Also, decent game to go to, huh? Right? <laughs> that was crazy. What was the final score? I don't know. 40, 47, 42, I think. Something like that. Yeah. A couple scores. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Okay. Spin that wheel. Good luck. Good luck. 12.5%. One out of eight. Not too bad of odds. We're slowing down. Frank23. Congratulations, Frank. All right. 
We got Glitter Bomber. We got Frank. Each of you will be getting a TOC card. I'll try to ship that over to you tomorrow. Whew. How are we doing? All right, guys. We're going to go ahead. Call it for the day. So thanks to everyone for joining us yet again. Check out the, you know, go check out the giveaways, right, Justin, for Owners Club coming up this Ooh. week. Ooh. Do you have an announcement there? Ooh. I feel like do we have an announcement or, or what's the deal? There's a tease. We have a big announcement tomorrow. I can't say it yet, though. That's it? That's it. It's going to be a oh. new partner announced. And it open, it provides the community, the owners, with an opportunity for an extra giveaway each week. Um, no, pur no purchase necessary, no anything, not DFS. Everyone is eligible. Uh, it, it's going to be pumped. Yes. Uh, this, this is, this is one that I'm very excited about. And the first giveaway that's going to tomorrow has a special place in my heart. I'm going to be up all night trying to solve this Herzig bot puzzle. It has a very special place in my heart. It's not underdog, so don't think that, but the giveaway for tomorrow means a lot to me and this this belt all right that's it we'll tell you more tomorrow oh one one last thing make sure to watch the giveaway show on friday we uh coop and i took over debuted a new uh a new giveaway live live viewers getting some alpha chance to win another card if you have the card that we select from the wheel we'll be doing it four times uh and so Definitely make sure to, to tune in on Friday for the giveaway show. Uh, if it's on the marketplace and you buy it, you get the card. So some opportunity to, uh, to win something there. Does this mean that I am kicked off the Friday happy hour show? Are you, uh, are you going to become a, are you a, are you and Coop taking over? I mean, we'll let the people decide, but we're giving away four random cards extra. So I know who I'd pick. I know what my wife chooses. This is fantastic news for everyone in the room right now. <laughs> oh man, I'm having something wild happen with my headphones, so I, I can't even uh, can't even hear you guys right now. But we're gonna close the show. On that note, I don't know what happened. I literally can't hear anything. You guys are just laughing. It sounds like you're having a great a great time. Chat's going wild about something. Thanks everyone for joining us tonight. We will catch you next week on the Monday NFT Weekly Kickoff Show. So on behalf of Justin, on behalf of Bach and producer group behind the scenes, I'm TJ Lasig. We'll see you guys next time.